So many of us women stress about looking at ourselves in the mirror. Growing waistline, our aging, wrinkling face. And I know sometimes I could spend hours in front of a mirror because I'm having a bad hair day. I just want to throw the brush and cry. But what if you woke up one day and all of your hair was falling out? From a big, beautiful, curly flow of hair to being completely bald, how would you handle it? Well, today on Women and What We Do, my next beautiful guest, McKenna Wrights, will share how she, after years of struggle, took her diagnosis of alopecia and made it a realization that it did not happen to her, but for her. I'm excited for you to hear her journey. I'm Mary Brucker, your host, and welcome. So hello and welcome, Miss McKenna. Oh, it is. I just love being in your presence. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. I love I, you, friend. I love you, too. <laughs> Can this just be a love fest yes, right here? absolutely. Well, I, I certainly... Um, I certainly love you, and I know that once people hear your story, and I know it's it's getting out there and more people are understanding who you are and what you've gone through, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? You know, it's funny. We were I was driving downtown with Maddox, my youngest, and she's like, when did you meet Miss Mary? And we started talking about it, and I remember sitting down with you at, at lunch, and you create a calmness but a lot of energy at the same time to allow us to share our story. So first of all, thank you for creating this podcast and having these conversations so people can just learn that we're not alone. Right. And that's what I've learned through my story. Uh, you know, growing up as a female, growing up, you know, in a society that has changed over the past 35, 40 years, it has had a huge effect on me personally because I was so self-conscious growing up, as we all are, but we try and hide it. And my story has allowed me to discover self-love after 40 years and losing every strand of hair in my body. You know, I used to just say, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a mom. I'm a mom of two beautiful girls. I'm a wife of an incredible husband. Uh, I'm a coach. But when I, what I've learned over the years is that we have to remove that we're just, that I am a teacher. I am a coach. I am a mom, and I'm proud of it that we compare ourselves too much to the zeros and how much you make or the letters that are before and after your name. But we all belong here, and we all bring something different to the table, which has allowed us to empower others. Right. And so being able to share my story of hair loss that has empowered me beyond measures to be a better mom, to be a better teacher, to be a better coach, to be a better person, and to be able to have this opportunity to share my story is just incredible so thank you thank you <laughs> now you you said um growing up you were self-conscious mm -hmm. i've seen pictures of you when you were younger yeah. this beautiful you know vivacious woman what what would make you self-conscious then ironically my hair <laughs> it's it's a you know i had a conversation with my oldest she's like that's really weird that you're made fun of for your hair and now you don't have any and that was my life i was people made fun because I had so much hair so much and that, this was before straighteners this was before the curling irons and this was learning how to tame I called it the beast right <laughs> and um, junior high was were very difficult years every day I was made fun of every day people would throw things into my hair 
uh, I just had so much of it. And so I was self-conscious and then I was self-conscious of my body because you're going through the hormonal changes. You're going through the comparing to other people. And I just wanted friends. (laughs) I just wanted to be liked. And it wasn't until I started playing volleyball and became pretty decent at it when I started feeling accepted. Uh, Because, I mean, we are all our own worst enemies. And I, of course, I was mine. um, But, you know, kids can be cruel. Right. Not only can they be cruel to other people, but we're cruel to ourselves. And, you know, as we as we continue to to age and realize that now things are not different for young women today. Mm -hmm. Like we we still struggle with all of that. And we see our young women struggling with all of that. But you you've been able to use your story Mm -hmm. um, to now empower yourself and, and younger women. So tell us a little bit about your story. So growing up. I was known for my hair. Since I was five years old, even my friends' moms would say, I just wish I had some of this hair. And so I always identified with my hair, that how I walked out of the house, how I was viewed, it was all because of my hair, whether it was being made fun of or people wanting it, and then finally falling in love with my hair because straighteners came out, and so I could tame it. When I had our youngest, Maddox, in 2015, I noticed when I started teaching, I had her in May and in August, I was teaching and I noticed my shoulders covered with hair. And I thought it was normal postpartum hair loss. Didn't think much of it, but it continued. And so my mom's like, let's go to a dermatologist. So we did. And they said, you could have something called alopecia and you could lose all your hair. And in that moment, like, you don't know if you want to laugh or cry or think that this is, there's no way that could possibly happen. So we did some topical creams to slow it down. November 1st, we take family pictures. And it was, I remember this picture with Maddox when she was four months old. My hair looked substantially thin to me, but not to others. And by the end of the week, I'm sitting in the shower with my hands full of hair. Oh my gosh. It was unreal. Like I, It was the worst nightmare. And within three weeks, 90% of my hair was gone. It was the darkest of dark storms because I didn't know how I was going to survive it. I kept question. I'd stood in the bathroom with my back to the mirror because I didn't even want to see my own reflection and thinking, is Greg, my husband, still going to love me? Like, I, I'm going bald. And I have all this hair and now it's gone. How am I going to be a mom to two beautiful little girls? How am I going to be a teacher? How am I going to be a coach? How am I going to face the world every single day? And so went to a dermatologist and did everything under the sun from topical creams to medications to daily or weekly steroid injections into my scalp for six months because I was so desperate to get my hair back. And then after a year, I realized that nothing's working. But what I was focusing on, and I talk about it all the time, I was focusing on the problem. And as women, we love and have this need to fix and be in control. And I was learning I was not in control of getting my hair back. What I'm always in control of is how I react and my attitude towards it. And so I saw that quote. But, and I want to get to that quote because it's one of my favorites. Um, But like when you looked in the mirror, like was it the way that you looked? The way, like what what triggered it? You felt ugly. You felt not, like what is the feeling that you have when you're standing in front of the mirror? When I was losing my hair? Yeah. um, I looked different. And there aren't many, if you are bald, then you are always associated with having cancer. Right. And I wasn't physically sick, 
But there was a part of me that wanted to be physically sick, so there was a reason. There was a cause because we want answers, and there was no answer because there isn't a specific cause. Yeah. There isn't a specific reason of why it's happening. I think it was just a perfect storm of stress, genetics, and having other autoimmune diseases. And But that that question mark ate at me, yeah. and it started to destroy me inside. And then I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror for at least a year and a half. Unbelievable. Yeah. Some of us women do that now, yeah. right? But but what eventually changed that? It was understanding the problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude about the problem. Right. When we understand that there are things out of that are out of our control in our lives, as difficult as it is, what we're always in control over is our attitude. And I was allowing alopecia to define me. It was Maddox's first Christmas. I took one picture because hmm. I was so ashamed and embarrassed of how I looked. Um, I wouldn't go out with my husband. I just did my thing. I took care of my family. I went to work and then I came home and that was it. But when I realized that I need to be in control of alopecia, I need to define it. And so every day became a little bit easier, but also learning that the more people I can bring awareness and educate about alopecia, the less people are going to look at me in the negative way and just think, oh, maybe she just has alopecia. So if I can reframe their mindset to seeing a positive rather than the negative, then not only are they seeing something positive about me, but then it's going to influence and impact their next step. Right. And that empowered me. It gave me a purpose at the same time. Eventually you realized that, like you say, alopecia didn't happen to you. It happened for you. Yeah. And, and why do you think that? Like where, where have you taken that? Um, there was a first, Carl Jung, a psychologist said, your first four years are just research. And we're, we're always trying to discover ourselves. And there's always been something for me, but I just could never see it. And I believe that there was a reason that it happened because I wasn't able to see it on my own. So it happened for me so I could finally see my true purpose in life to empower others, that my story happens to be visible. Right. So wherever I go, I get to share my story without even saying a word. And it's how I carry myself confidently now that can empower those who hide their stories, who can hide their stories, but their battles, their, their, you know, their wounds. Uh, and so I have this, this responsibility, but it's an incredible response. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It's an incredible responsibility that I get to have to help others and empower them that they're not alone. Right. I mean, you've been empowering youth for many years. Mm -hmm. You're, you've been a teacher for how long? 18 years. 18 years as a psychologist. AP psychology. AP, like a yeah. psychology teacher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, em empowering young women to believe in themselves. You've been a coach. Mm -hmm. um, but you have taken on a, a new adventure yeah. and leaving that all behind, right? Yeah. But what people have taught me is that I'm not leaving it behind. I'm still teaching. Yes. And I had to remember that, that, you know, the classroom was my beacon of light because it allowed me to share my story. So as I was teaching, I was being open and honest and vulnerable with what I was going through, which allowed my high schoolers, whether they're males or females, to understand because that's the time when you feel alone, that you're the only ones with those thoughts. And it gave me therapy <laughs> through those, those dark storms. And then they were able to see how I've been able to turn this dark light, this dark storm, 
into an incredible light. And it, this fire of doing it beyond the classroom walls, of being on stage, of empowering the masses is something that I've, I feel empowered, I feel challenged by. And taking the leap of faith is the scariest thing in the world. It sure is. But when you see the reason and you believe in yourself more than you believe in anything else, that your purpose is here, it is the greatest feeling in the world. And how do you take McKenna going from not being able to look at yourself in the mirror to now standing on stage and, and telling your story? How do you get from that point to where you are now? Um, one, I had to give. I had to understand that we have to give ourselves grace period. So when challenges hit, whether it's physical or mental or emotional or spiritual, whatever it may be, we have to give ourselves a grace period. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to cry. We just have to give ourselves a timeline. So my timeline happened to be at least a year. But now I give myself 24 hours that when I wake up tomorrow morning, it's a brand new day and I'm in control of it. But tonight I'm going to cry. That it's okay. And telling people that, you know what, I need some time or I need help, that's when you're truly strong. Then finding silver linings. When you dig deep, sometimes I had to dig really deep to find those silver linings of why is it happening to me? Well, I'm, I'm never having a bad hair day. I'm having the best hair day every <laughs> single day. You know, when it's raining, when it's humid, I, it takes me five minutes to get dressed in the morning. I don't have to shave anymore. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. You have to find those silver linings. But then what I get to do with my story and seeing the impact it has on others has taken seven bad days, turned into six, turned into five, turned into three. To, I don't, I just have normal bad days. I love my reflection. Right. And I've never been able to say that before I lost my hair. Even before 40, I wasn't able to say that. And when my husband, when I was losing my hair, my Greg said to me, McKenna, it's just hair. <laughs> and I was so upset with him. But it took me until like a year and a half ago to realize my husband loves me unconditionally beyond my hair. But I didn't love me right, beyond my hair. And so it stopped me on my tracks that when I discovered the self-love that my that someone else does truly love me because we always question we always question it yeah and we, we're women we do that's what we do <laughs> that's what we do that's what we do <laughs> right but once you know when life happens for us then we get to have clearer vision and what i find so i mean i find a million things amazing with you but i also um, now see you raising daughters mm-hmm. right who i'm are starting to get at that age of um, looking in the mirror, right? Like, how do you, as a, a parent, um, teach them the power of, of beauty? My oldest is a sixth grader right now, and it's been a rough couple months. And it's just being open and having open conversations, being able to create those open lines of communication, of telling her that it, I understand, but they don't understand that we understand. We've all been there with our own moms. But just reinforcing how beautiful they are, making sure that every day I'm telling them I love them, that I'm proud of her, regardless of what, if she got a 100% or 62% of showing her how beautiful she is and showing up me and loving me and being that role model, because they're always watching and they were always watching since the beginning. And it's consistently being authentically me telling them when I'm having a bad day, but this is how I'm going to deal with it, how to handle with anxiety, how to handle dealing with the reflection and making sure that they love themselves 
more than they care of what anyone else says. Yeah. Sixth grade's tough. Oh. And it continues to get worse for young young women. Mm-hmm. Um, what did they go through when you were losing your hair? How did they kind of experience that? Um, my oldest was only three years old. And she was... the. Maddox was the youngest. She was only four months old, so she has no recollection of me ever having hair. And I thought that it was Carson who I knew was watching because our long-term memory starts to create around three. And so I'm like, she's going to remember. She's going to remember the impact. And so how I portray myself going through a challenge, she's going to remember, so I have to be strong in front of her. Uh, But she doesn't remember. She has no recollection of it. But she sees you different. Correct. Like we talk about that. She sees you different. Yep. How does that affect her? It doesn't. Her? Gosh, isn't that incredible? And especially, you know, the youngest, she, when she was three, I remember when I was, I was still wearing wigs. And we got into a car. I ripped my wig off because they're very uncomfortable. And she says, Mom, I can't wait to be an adult and take my hair off too. <laughs> And you know that's coming. You know Maddox. So her saying that. Right. But that's how she views it. Is right. your My mom's the coolest thing because she gets to take her hair off when she, and I can't wait to be able to do that, where I was using it to hide from me and to be able to just blend in. And it started to reframe, like, why am I hiding when I need to present who I am so they can present who they am all the time and be proud of who they am. Right. So um, talking about presenting who you are, you um, have taken on this whole new role in life, mm-hmm. um, changed everything that you've ever known, take a leaf of faith, like you, mm-hmm. you said, um, to empower other people. Yeah. Tell me about that. You know, it's it's sharing my story to other people. You know, the whole, your message, your message, but your message is medicine for other people, whether it's male or female, young or old or in between, a novice to a veteran CEO, we need to understand as leaders, everyone's a leader. Everyone's watching. Everyone's being inspired. And when we stop comparing our stories and be inspired by one another, that's when we grow. That's when we truly can lead and be ourselves and be consistently ourselves. And so who I am, regardless if I'm on stage or at the grocery store or sitting here with you, you're, this is who you get all the time. And when we're consistently us and be able to share that on stages, it just lights me up. It really does. And it's amazing. I just saw Carson's sixth grade science teacher who we're friends with. And she says, you know, I asked Carson how you're doing. And she said, she said, kind of your she's your daughter says you're really happy. (laughs) And for my daughter to see that without me specifically saying it tells me I'm exactly I'm where I need to be, even if I second guess myself, because we always do. Always. That was affirmation that I'm where I need to be helping others in any avenue possible. So your your perfect future, what does that look like? Um, I'm living it right now. Uh, being able to take my girls to school. <laughs> it's the smallest things. Right. Being at home when they get off the bus, uh, being able to take out what is in their folders. Like before I went to school, before seven, came home at 10 after volleyball, no idea what was going on in their lives. Be able to have conversation. How was school? Good, <laughs> as every kid says. <laughs> but then using more questions just to get them to open up a little bit more and be able to take them to acting classes or to auditions or to rehearsals and being a part of their lives while still them seeing me on TV or 
sharing my story on stages is where I want to be right. This is my future right now. I don't know. I have big aspirations, a book hopefully in the future. You know, I have, it's going to happen. But right now I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing at this moment. And gosh, so much of us should learn from that, McKenna. I mean, we sometimes focus so far ahead that we forget what is happening in the moment. And I know mm-hmm. you're doing a, a great job with that. So if I if I go back um, to you when you're originally losing your hair, mm-hmm. and the the you know verbiage that you gave yourself back then is probably different than what you would say to her right now. So what would you say to her right now if you were the same person looking in the mirror as your hair was falling out? Pretty easy. You will get through this because you didn't. You always question. That you are enough, like, and this is happening for a reason. Because you don't, you can't see it. Your 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 mind is so clouded by such darkness. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change anything. Because it's gotten to me this to the most incredible, enlightening moment of my life, and that's this moment, right now, and I'm very blessed. Well, I can tell you, you're not the only one who's blessed. <laughs> We're incredibly blessed. I mean, I look at you all the time and see so much beauty in in all of you, inside, outside, um, and what you're giving to the world is is just a small part of your your beauty. So, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Continue to live your dream, and we'll be we'll be watching you. Love you, friend. Thank I you. Love you too. Thank you. Like McKenna said, the problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude about the problem. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you have to tell yourself, no matter what you're going through, you will get through this. Please follow and check out more of McKenna's journey at McKennaWrites.com. Thank you again for sharing your story, McKenna, to my amazing producer, Chris Pfeiffer, and to you, the listeners. We'd love to hear from you please reach out at wgte.org slash what we do. If you have a comment or a question, or if you could share a story that we should feature on the show, please click the email button to share. And remember, speak up. We do. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.